We're glad to be with you tonight. This is Wednesday night, and uh, and uh, we are so happy to be here and glad to be with you in this hour. And this is our Wednesday night, what would be our Wednesday night prayer meeting. So we are glad to be with you and do pray the Lord bless you tonight and that you'll get much out of the hour. The first thing we're going to do is I'm going to give you some prayer requests tonight. Again, I will not give names due to this is being recorded, but I will give you some prayer requests tonight. And, and uh, then what we're going to do is pray. Then we're going to have a song. Then we're going to have a message from the Bible, the Word of God. Okay? And so be ready for that. Let me just say this tonight. Uh, I've been given a and uh, some names here, some folks that really need prayer tonight. Uh, three people that need prayer. I've got a cousin that needs prayer here tonight. Uh, some, not mine, somebody else's. Uh, a couple friends that need prayer. We've got some folks that have cancer tonight that need prayer for that. Somebody else who's sick. Um, have a couple other friends that are sick. Um, have another friend that has requested prayer. Um, a missionary who needs prayer tonight. Out of a family who's going through loss. Um, some in our church family are going through things. Some have uh, have health issues that they're going through. So pray for those, those that are shut in at home. Uh, pray for those that have relatives that are sick and friends that are sick. Pray for those that have the coronavirus. And let's pray that this virus will be stopped in its tracks. Let's pray for a miracle. Yes, I know everybody's been talking about the social distancing, the stay at home and things like that, stopping it. But folks, I'm, I'm glad that's helping, but I'm praying that the Lord will just intervene and stop this thing. Also pray for those that are uh, without power tonight. Many of you know that Nashville experienced two nights in a row of storms that knocked power out. And uh, I think the first night it was like 130,000 that got knocked out or this area. And then the next night, another, what, 15,000 lost power or something like that. And so, uh, you know, there's a lot that have been restored, but pray for those that are still without tonight. And pray that the Lord will bless those. And again, the tornado victims, others affected in other ways. There are some that are having some uh, um, problems with this time, you know, emotionally. And, and uh, so pray for those. Also pray for cures for other diseases. I've already mentioned cancer. Pray for those. Pray for a cure for that. Pray for a cure for dementia. Pray for a cure for um, Parkinson's. And we can go down the list, other, uh, other needs. Pray for our missionaries tonight. And uh, for those of you that have been given to missions, God bless you. And uh, we've been seeing our missions giving um, stay pretty strong, I'm, I'm saying. And uh, so thank God for that. And, uh, you know, that's one of the areas that I had a concern when we stopped having in-person services. So thank you. But continue to pray. And I know there are other missionaries around the world that are struggling, so pray for them. Also, when we get to reopen, pray for laborers in our church. Pray for revival in our church, revival in our church, our city, our country. Pray for the leaders of our city, our state, and our country. Pray for our military tonight, troops around the world. Pray for our country itself, all the needs. Our country needs a touch from God. So pray about that. Pray for those who have job situations tonight. Those who have lost their jobs, pray that the Lord will provide for them. Also pray for the nation of Israel tonight, Genesis 12, 3. I will bless them that bless thee. And I want to be blessed by God, so pray for them. And also pray for churches in our area and around the country, around the world, that maybe they're not strong financially. And, and uh, pray that the Lord will just bless them. Others that may be struggling in this time, pray that God will bless. And, uh, you know, and, and uh, I've even thought, you know, if there's some churches that would like to uh, link up with us on Facebook, uh, you know, we'd love to have people watch. And, uh, you know, glad to help any way we can. 
So, but just be in prayer for them and pray that God will bless. Also tonight, pray for those in closed countries around the world. I read an article uh, the other day, and I, I shared it with Brother Wes about in another country, they are telling, they are shutting down feeds to Facebook so that people cannot hear the gospel and get saved. And people have been listening in this coronavirus and getting saved. Anyhow, they're shutting it down. They put a law in that nobody under 18 can attend any home church service. Nobody under 18. They cannot watch a video or nothing. And, uh, and I understand that they have closed some of the churches now that they're closed and put a picture of their president up where the cross was. Pray for our world and pray for revival. Pray that God would do something there. And let's pray tonight that the Holy Spirit would work. And again, pray for revival. Pray that the Lord would move. Okay, let's pray tonight. Let's pray for the sick. Let's pray for those that are afflicted, the special needs everybody has. Why don't you bow your head with me right there, and let's all pray together right where we're at. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for your goodness. And Father, we pray that tonight the Holy Spirit would work. Father, we pray that the Holy Spirit would move. Now, Father, open the windows of heaven. Pour out your Spirit tonight. Father, those that are sick, we pray for healing. Those that have other needs, financial, we pray you meet their needs. Father, we know that you're able to meet the needs. Father, the Bible says you own the cattle on a thousand hills. Father, I pray you'd sell off some of the cows and send the money to the people. Father, for those that have other needs, emotional, I pray you'd help them. Those that are struggling tonight, touch them. Those that uh, need a touch from you, I just pray you'd bless them now. Father, those that have sick relatives, I pray for them. Those that have cancer, I pray for healing. And Father, I beg you to give us a cure for these diseases. Father, for this COVID situation, I pray you take it away. I pray that revival would come as a result of this. Father, I pray you'd open the windows of heaven. I pray you'd pour out your spirit. Father, I pray for our missionaries tonight that you would bless them. Father, I think of Brother Perry tonight who has a special need, and I pray you'd touch him. Father, for others that have needs, Father, touch them. Our country, our president, our Congress, our governor, our legislature, our city council here. I pray that they would do the right thing. I pray for our mayor. And Father, there's some of them that are lost. I pray you'd save them. I pray you'd change their heart. And if they won't follow you, Lord, I pray you'd vote them out of office and put somebody else in who will. And Father, I pray the Holy Spirit would just do a work here. And Lord, others that are lost, I pray they'd be saved. We've got families in our church have lost family members. I pray you'd save them tonight. Father, I just pray you'd help our church to be a soul-winning station to where we can see others come to Jesus. Now, Father, I just pray that you would work. I pray you bless the nation of Israel tonight. I just pray that you'd bless the surrounding churches that are preaching the gospel. I pray you'd bless them. Father, I just pray you'd open the windows of heaven. Pour out your spirit, for we ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, God bless you tonight again. It's good to have you with us. And tonight... Got another, this is one of the benefits of moving back to the auditorium. Brother West is going to sing again tonight for us. God bless you.
Amen. And we do appreciate Brother West singing tonight. The anchor holds. And, uh, and yeah, the music started again. But trust me, I'm not singing, okay? And uh, just so you know. And, uh, but I appreciate him doing that. And some of you may be wondering, Brother Scott, how, how in the world are you using music? I mean, when we first started this, we had to use um, hymns that were part of a, um, you know, and I forget what you call it, uh, uh, um, uh, that we could, um, public domain. I knew they had to help me. So anyhow, we had to use hymns that were public domain to be able to sing. Well, um, what, what has happened is Brother West went out and found the license, and the license has been purchased to be able to use uh, the music out on the stream. And so we, we've done that, or he went in and found that and did it, and, and so we appreciate him doing that. And uh, let me just say tonight that, that I do apologize for Sunday night. Sunday night we just did the uh, um, Facebook live stream from my house due to the fact the power was out here at the church. And um, believe it or not, when we moved back to the church, all the equipment was brought back here. And when the, when the power went out, we couldn't come back here and get everything. And so we did miss the podcast Sunday night. We apologize for that. But t- we're here tonight. The podcast is going out tonight. Facebook is going out tonight. And uh, so we're doing that. Uh, also tonight, and I'll get you to take your Bible if you have it tonight, go to the book of James, James chapter 3. And while you're thinking about that, tomorrow night, I am going to hold, for whoever wants to do it, uh, well, actually, I'm going to invite the guys of our church, the men of our church, if you want to do this tomorrow night, a FaceTime prayer meeting. So if you've got an iPhone and you can do a FaceTime prayer meeting, uh, send me a text tonight or tomorrow, and tomorrow night around 7 o'clock, or excuse me, 7.30, 7.30, we'll do a FaceTime prayer meeting tomorrow night, men. So if you want to do that, working on something else on that, but uh, where everybody can join, but that'll just be tomorrow night FaceTime. If you've got FaceTime, you can do that. That'll be tomorrow night, 7.30. Send me a text. We know how many will be on it. We'll send you a link, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to do this. We're going to try this, okay? And we're going to try it. But James chapter 3 tonight. James chapter 3. Some of you have been around a while. You may recognize James chapter 3. And uh, I have called this message, The Taming of the Tongue. Think about that. The Taming of the Tongue. Now, why did I call it The Taming of the Tongue? Because James chapter 3 deals with, guess what? The tongue. Now, as you read through this, as you read through this, you will find he says that no one can tame the tongue. But he does give us some hope on some things. So look at James chapter 3, look at verse 1. Brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships. Though they be great or driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Verse 5, Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, and it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. Verse 7, 
For every kind of beast and of bird and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame, and it is unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth uh, blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine, figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Tonight, the taming of the tongue. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the Word of God. We thank you for the Spirit of God. And Father, I just pray that you'd use me tonight to preach. Father, you know my heart. You know my desire. I want to be a blessing to people tonight. I want to be an encouragement. And Father, I just pray you'd work tonight. For we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, I've got to tell you, when I first thought about this message, and, and when it first came up, and I got to tell you, uh, I, I, I just got to tell you, I thought of the sins of the tongue. When I first thought of this message, I thought of the sins of the tongue. And I thought about, good night, what are the sins of the tongue? And I went out on the internet, and uh, I looked up the sins of the tongue. And I found some lists. I found several lists, matter of fact. But I found some lists about the sins of the tongue. And I wrote these things down. These are in my little crypt notes, not my final draft. But I wrote these down. You know what some of the sins of the tongue are? Gossiping, lying, blasphemy, maligning, boasting, criticism, ridicule, a sarcastic speech, cursing, uh, whining, flattery, complaining. Nobody ever does that, right? Arguing, excuse-making, and we could go on and on, right? Sins of the tongue. And I thought about those things. And, and, and if we're going to be honest tonight, all of us are guilty somewhere on that list, are we not? Amen? Yes. Just go ahead and say amen at home, right? Just shake your head and say yes, Brother Scott. All of us are, you know, somewhere on that list. All of us are guilty. But i got to tell you tonight, as I thought about that, that could be the direction I take this message, but I'm not going to tonight. I'm not going to. In fact, I decided totally against that. I'm not going to go against and start preaching on tonight the sins of the tongue, even though it's needed, even though it's needed. But I want to go a different direction tonight. I want to go uh, totally different with this message. So, But tonight, I do want you to think about the taming of the tongue. And I'll tell you in a minute why, hopefully, if I can remember, I'll tell you why I chose that title tonight. But but I do want you to think about the tongue. Think about the tongue. Now, the first thing I want to do tonight, very simply, is point out four things that we are told about the tongue in James chapter 3. Four things we are told about the tongue in James chapter 3. Now, I want you to notice what he says. Number one, the first thing he says is that the tongue is powerful. The tongue is powerful. In other words, he says it's a little member, but it's very powerful is the idea here. And that's what you see in verses 3, 4, 5, and 6. And in fact, what he does is he shows us its power in three ways. In verse 3, notice what he says. Behold, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. The first power he shows us is the bits that we put in a horse's mouth to control the horse. The second one he shows us is in verse 4, and that deals with the helm of a ship. Look at verse 4. Behold also the ships, which though they be great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. You think about it, you know, when you get on a ship, 
You got the steering up there, and I think about the old sailing ships where they've got the little round thing, you know, they turn, and it turns the whole ship. Well, that's what he's talking about, the power of the tongue. Then you come down to verses 5 and 6, and he talks about power. I mean fire, rather, fire. Look at verse 5. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So the tongue is among our members, that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire, the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. Think about that. How, how powerful is fire? Now, the point is, when you think about the power of the tongue, what you and I need to think about is, is how powerful is what comes out of our mouths. How powerful is what comes out of our mouths. So that's the first thing you see here that we're told in James. We see in James 3 that the tongue is power, the powerful of the tongue, uh, the power of the tongue. The tongue is powerful. Second thing we see, we see that the tongue is troublesome. The tongue is troublesome. You say, what do you mean by troublesome, Brother Scott? The tongue is difficult to deal with. We struggle with our tongue. We have difficulty holding our tongue, do we not? Look at verse 7 and 8. For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed, think about that, tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is unruly evil, full of deadly poison. You know what the idea of the word tame is there? You think about somebody that tames an animal or they break a horse where they can ride it. The idea is subdue. Make gentle, make gentle. But then he says the tongue is an unruly evil. It's like a dangerous animal. In other words, it's hard to tame. It's hard to deal with. Let's be honest. What can we say here? How many of us at times, and notice I said us, struggle, did you catch that word? To control our tongues. It's troublesome. It gives us trouble. We struggle to control it. Let me give you the third thing. He says about the tongue. Number one, he says it's powerful. Number two, he says it's troublesome. Number three, he says the tongue is dangerous. It's dangerous. And it it and he states that in verses five, six, and eight. First of all, he tells us the tongue can destroy. Think about how fire can destroy things. Did you catch that in verse five? Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts of great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Look at verse 6. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. Think about its destructive power. Think about how fire can destroy. But not only does he talk about how it can destroy, he tells us, that the tongue can bring death. Didn't think about that, did you? Look at verse 8. But the tongue can no man tame. It is unruly evil full of what? Deadly poison. Now, I don't know about you, but you know what deadly poison is? It's poison that kills. Folks, you know what he's talking about? He's talking about the destructiveness and dangerous and, and, and how dangerous our words can be. And that's one of the things you and I need to understand. Our words can pose a great danger to others. Then the fourth thing we see here, the fourth thing we see is the tongue is a paradox. So he said, number one, it's, it's powerful. Number two, it's troublesome. Number three, it's dangerous. But then he said the tongue is a paradox. And that's what he's talking about in verses 9 through 12. 
and if you look down in verse 9, he, he kind of says it right there. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. And then he comes down in verse 10. He says, out of the same mouth proceed the blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Then he gives illustrations from, from plant life, how, you know, you can't have this and that together. You know, what he's saying is one minute you and I can bless God, and the next minute we can be cursing somebody. You know, when I think about that, the th thought that hit me was Simon Peter, with the same mouth, denied the Lord and cursed to prove it. But that was the same mouth that proclaimed short earlier, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, in Matthew 16, 16. Out of the same mouth, he professed Christ, and then later he cursed God. I mean, he cursed the Lord. I mean, he cursed to prove he wasn't a follower of Christ, rather. Folks, our tongues should not be used to bless God and then curse others. Think about that. Our mouths ought to be used to bring honor and glory to God. They ought to be used to glorify God. You know, I tried to think about this. What, what would be a great illustration to illustrate the power of the tongue, how dangerous it is, and all these things. And you know, from history, there is a great lesson. There is a great lesson to show us how powerful the tongue is. You say, what is that? I don't know how many of you know or have ever heard of the great Chicago fire. It's also called the Chicago fire of 1871. The Chicago fire of 1871 began on October 8th. 1871, and burned until the early hours of October 10th, 1871. Think about that, the 8th to the 10th. What was the result of the Chicago fire, what they call the Great Chicago Fire? What was the result of it? The result of it was this. Are you ready? Hang on. The result was 300 people perished. 300 lives were lost. 17,450. That is not a misprint or a mis or a misspoken word here. 17,450 buildings covering almost three and a half square miles were destroyed. $200 million in damage in that day and age. That would be almost $4 billion today. I think it's 3.7, something like that. Roughly one-third of the city was in ruins. 100,000 people were homeless. You say, what was the source of the fire? The source of the fire. This fire was determined to have started on the, on the city's west side in the DeCoven Street barn of Patrick and Catherine O'Leary. Think about that. In a barn. No one really knows what started the fire. Several ideas. Some people said it could have been vandals. Some, somebody said it could have been milk thieves. Somebody else said it could have been a drunken neighbor. Others say com uh, spontaneous combustion, even though that was unlikely. Some, you, some of you may know the story of the O'Leary's famous cow. Though it's not known what happened, anything could have started that fire. But what I want you to understand, place, one thing is certain. It started in one small place, a barn, and then destroyed one-third of a major U.S. city in 1871. Think about that. From a barn to 17,450 structures. From a barn to a third of a city. To a barn that 300 people lost their lives. My friends, I want you to understand the tongue is just like that. It's powerful. It's dangerous. It causes trouble. 
It's a paradox. And it has as much destructive power as a fire. Think about it. Now, with that said from James 3, that brings me to the second thing I want to say tonight, and that is this. We see the teaching of James 3. The tongue is powerful. The tongue is troublesome. The tongue is dangerous. The tongue is a paradox. But I want to encourage you in this hour tonight to work on two things concerning your tongue and my tongue. Two things I want us to do tonight. I want to challenge us to do. Two things. Think about it. The first thing I want us to do tonight is I would like to challenge you to this. Let's all determine to do our best to guard our words. Think about that. Let's all determine to do our best to guard our words. Psalm 141 and verse 3. Psalm 141 and verse 3 says, Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Wow, what a prayer. Did you hear that? Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Psalm 141.3. Folks, what am I asking you to do tonight? I'm asking you to join with me and let's all work to watch what we say. Think about that. Maybe what you and I need to do is to stop and think before we speak. You say, what does that mean? That means let our brain engage before our mouth does. Think about that. How many times do we often say our mouth engaged before our brain did? What am I saying tonight? Let's do our best to guard our words. Then number two, the second thing tonight, not only let's do our best to guard our words, let's work to be gracious in our speech. You and I, let's work to be gracious in our speech. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 6 says, Let your speech be always with grace. Did you catch that? Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Colossians 4, 6. In other words, when I talk about being gracious, what I'm talking about is let's be courteous. Let's be kind. Let's be pleasant. Folks, that should be the mark of our speech. Folks, we ought to be people who are gracious in the way we deal with people and by what comes out of our mouth to others. I know there are times people get under our nerves, right? I know there are times we want to smart off. We want to put people in their place. We want to give people a piece of my mind. Some of us need to watch out. We don't have much to give. Amen? But think about it. We need to be gracious in our speech. So let's do those two things. Let's work, number one, to watch what comes out of our mouth. Let's work to be on guard. Then number two, let's work to be gracious in our speech. Now, why do I ask these two things? Why do I ask these two things? Here's the crux of the message. Are you ready? Here's why I'm asking you, let's do these two things. Number one, there are three reasons. Number one, because our tongue can affect our testimony. Our tongue can affect our testimony. Our speech speaks volumes about us. What does our speech say to others? Does our speech say that we're saved, that we're a Christian, that we're a child of God? Or does our speech say that we're a hypocrite? Or does our speech say that we're not saved? Folks, what I want you to understand, our tongue can affect our testimony in front of others. 
Number two, the second reason I'm asking you to do this is our tongue can affect our witness. Our tongue can affect our witness. I'm talking about reaching others for Christ. I'm talking about winning others to Christ. Folks, by what we say, we can either be a positive witness or a negative witness for Jesus Christ. A positive witness or a negative witness for Jesus Christ. In other words, we can either point people to the Savior with what comes out of our mouth, but let me be honest, we can turn people off, can we not? How many of us have watched something on TV, it goes somewhere we didn't think it would go, and we flipped it off? Huh? We flipped it off. Folks, think about that. Our tongues can affect our witness. In other words, by what we say, we can turn people against the gospel of Jesus Christ and they won't get saved. Folks, and that's a shame. The third reason I'm asking you tonight to guard your tongue and to be gracious is not only because our tongue affects our testimony, not only because our tongue can affect our witness, but because our tongue can be a stumbling block to other believers. Our tongue can be a stumbling block to other believers. Folks, our goal as Christians should be to edify others. Our goal as Christians should be to make sure that when there are younger Christians involved, we put nothing in their way that they can trip over or stumble over. They can do that. Nothing. Too often Christians today, quote-unquote Christians, and I'll say quote-unquote, because I believe some people claim it and don't have it. Bro, Scott, you're judging. No, I'm just telling you that's what I believe. I'm not going to say who. I'm not going to point at people and say you're lost. But I, I'm no, I'm, I've been in the ministry long enough to see church members get saved. But folks, too often believers can say things that hinder others. You know, I know people tonight that won't darken the door of a church because something a Christian, quote-unquote, said. That's sad. I wonder if there's some people out there that are lost because of something a Christian said. So tonight, I'm going to ask you to join with me, and let's do those two things. Number one, let's guard our speech. And then number two, let's be gracious in our speech. Let's be gracious. Because if we don't, you know what could happen? We could happen up with a gravestone like in England. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, on a, on a hill in England, in the English country uh, churchyard, uh, excuse me, on a hill in an English country churchyard, I'll get it out here in a minute, there's a gray drab slate tombstone. The quaint stone, the little stone, bears the epitaph that's really not easy to see unless you stoop over and get a good look at it. But here's what the faint etchings say. Are you ready? Beneath this stone, a lump of clay, lies Arabella Young, who on the 24th of May began to hold her tongue. Wow. On a tombstone. What would be our epitaph? Folks, you remember tonight I said 
that the title of the message was The Taming of the Tongue. Taming of the Tongue. Well, if you read down to verse 8, you'll see these words. But the tongue can no man tame. I know somebody's going to say, well, right there it is, Brother Scott. That's why I'm the biggest gossip in town. I just can't tame my tongue. Right? Brother Scott, I, I complain a lot. And right there it is. I just can't control my tongue. I'm having fun right now, right? Are you having fun with me? I hope you are. No, but seriously, that's no excuse. You say, why? Go back in verse 2. Verse 2. For in many things we offend all. <laughs> all of us are guilty of offending and saying things that are dumb, are we not? Amen. You can say that. It won't hurt you. Amen. You can agree. Yes, Brother Scott. There is nobody looking at you in church. You're at home. Now, maybe your family's looking at you. Maybe they're looking at you like, you better shake your head, you know? But understand, notice all of us are guilty. But notice what he says, for in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man. You say, Brother Scott, I am not perfect. So I'm going to blow it. I, I'm going to have trouble taming my tongue. Yep. That's not the idea of the word perfect. The idea of the word perfect there in Scripture has the idea of spiritual maturity. Folks, you and I can't tame the tongue, but it doesn't have to be as loose as it can be, right? And how do we try to rein our tongue in? It's called spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity. In other words, we need to grow in grace, grow in our faith. How do we grow as a Christian? Well, number one, you got to be saved. Number two, make sure you're saved. But then number three, you need to get into the Word of God. The Word of God is your food. Let the Holy Spirit teach you from the Word of God. Get in it and read this book. You said, Brother Scott, I'm not real good at reading. Then start reading in the book of John. When you get done with the book of John, read it again. You say, what do I do if I, after I get done the second time? Read it again. And then go to First John. Go to Philippians. Those are the easiest books in the Bible to read. Right there. Go to the Psalms. Read the Proverbs. You know, those are simple books to read. Proverbs, a book of wisdom. But get into the Word of God. And then pray. And then make much of church. Right now, we don't have church. One of these days, right now, we're just doing the Facebook and the podcast. But one of these days, we'll be back. And if you're a child of God, you need to be in church, have a church home, a church family. My friend, tonight, how can we tame the tongue? How can we, you know, he says we cannot tame it. No, but you and I should be struggling against it. And how do we win that battle? Through growing in our faith and become spiritually mature. And you're not going to do that apart from the Word of God. Now, maybe tonight, the whole, you need the Holy Spirit's help. But let me encourage you tonight, do two things. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you to guard your tongue and then help you to be gracious, to be gracious. Let's ask for that help. Let's get into the Word of God. Let's grow so that hopefully we can do better than we have. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for your goodness. Father, challenge our hearts. Meet every need. And Father, I pray the Holy Spirit would just work. I pray you'd help us all to guard our mouths and help us all to be gracious 
in our speech. We ask in Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you tonight.